So we continue our discussion of Rupa Goswami's Namastakam, and uh, we ended with um, the reading and very very couple short comments on verse five. So I'll go into that a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Verse five, um, he says, "O revered Harinam, may my attraction increase immensely towards you, for." You have various forms, such as the killer of Agasura, the son of Yashoda, the son of Nanda, the lotus-eyed one, the cooling moon of the gopis, lord of Vrindavan, and Krishna, who is merciful toward the surrendered souls. So, um, as mentioned last night, here he is now, um, he started in the spiritual world, telling us that the holy name was a liberated Sound that was non non different from the um, name that's non different from the named, so the name was non different from the per is non different than the person, and um, is worshipped in beyond time and space and by um, liberated souls. It's uh, worshipped. Uh, he's worshipped by the uh, by the, the crown jewels the, the Sounds of the Upanishads, um, whose uh, reach does not extend that far, hmm. and, um, and then it came back down to the material world to talk about the efficacy of the Nam in relation to the world. So the world is all about karma. Hmm. This is the glue, so to speak, that keeps us uh, bound up with with material nature. And uh, it's the principal driving force in the world. It's not the only driving force in the world. Bhakti is also uh, in, the, in the world since uh, without time, without beginning. But uh, that is, of course, a liberating force and, and influence. It's described as being causeless. Um, what's the word? Haitaki uh, is one, but when I always... I always forget. Yadrichaya, it said, for example, Sukadeva appeared on the scene of Parikshit Marj at the bank of the Ganges, where he had come to fast until death. Yadrichaya, hmm. out of um, as a out of, out of good fortune, without any without any cause, it means moving beyond the cause and effect influence of karma. This type of movement is also mentioned in the Gita, Mahatmanas, Tumamparta, Daivim, Prakritim, Ashrita. Krishna describes different types of worshippers of himself in the ninth chapter of the Gita, and he distinguishes a number of them that he mentions uh, from Mahatmas. <coughs> Excuse me. He invokes the term Mahatma, great souls, in relation to his devotee, so he says, moving in the world, daivim prakriti mashrita, under the influence, under the shelter of his prakriti, nature, shakti, but daivim, divine shakti. So this is the kind of devotee that we heard about a little bit last night as well, who has um, taken advantage of Nam's a power, the Holy Name's power, not only to do away with uh, karma that has not yet fructified, which it can do by mere shadow of itself, hmm. um, but also its power 
to do away with the manifest karma, the karma that's already manifest. It's just like the email you already sent. Oh God, I wish I had sent that. There's, there's no getting it back. It's gone. If you could have caught it beforehand, you know. So a, sh- a shadow of the name can do that. Hmm. But imagine the power of the actual name. It can bring that email back. Hmm. <laughs> it has that power. So very, very, very extraordinary. And that, that, that name, of course, uh, that expression of the name is chanted with shraddha, with faith, hmm, guidance, with a view to uh, experience the fullness of the name, which rises, of course, above merely the removal of karma, so above the world. So we've gone back now. We started in the spiritual world. We came down to the bottom where the name is found mercifully vibrating on the lips of people who uh, name it Gopal Way. That's Sanketya. They name the street after Gopal. Hmm? Um, or their son, Narayan, right? Or in joke, in jesting, Parihasya. These are different types of Namabhas. They uh, mention the name of, of, of God without uh, faith in the name and pursuing all that it, uh, that, it, that it offers, which is far beyond this considerable um, task of removing karma, which it can do uh, to some extent, just in a, a shadow of it and chanted with faith, and I should say faith and proper siksha, samandagyan, proper conceptual orientation, understanding bhakti, understanding the, the means, understanding what is the way, um, understanding how the Lord's energies relate to one another and so forth, the sambandhagyan, abhideya tattva, prayojan tattva, all this um, that we go, we go over and over again, it's meant to help us, right? Uh, so chanting with, with faith and with that um, kind of um, uh, nourishment, hmm, like a kind of watering of the seed of of the, uh, of the chanting that's been given to us by by through Sadhu Sangha, through, through Guru Parampara, and this Prabda, the manifest karma can change. That's very uh, extraordinary. But still, it's, that's taking us then from this world now to the to the kind of this in-between world, hmm? bhava. Hmm? Bhava is, is the full face of bhakti in as much as it has not only its active uh, aspect, but its emotive aspect. In sadhana, it's active, so it's external. Hmm? And we in bhakti plays out on our, on our senses. And um, we have good advice, good example, so we're inspired, so we it's said sometimes that imitation of a good thing is a good thing. So, um, you know, somebody has a good idea, you can always make a make a, a second of it, you know, um, and probably make a fortune too. Um, so, <laughs> uh, imitation of a good thing can be, can be a good thing. So, this is sadhana bhakti, it's kind of like a print, being an apprentice, so to speak, hmm. um, and graduating, if you will, from sadhana bhakti, we enter bhava bhakti, which is emotive, emotionally driven, and um, internally experiential. So, kind of from external bhakti to internal, and of course, 
there's a crossover on this. You know, it's not that sadhana bhakti is without any internal experience, especially in the higher stages of it. It certainly is, but bhava bhakti is now um, the full emotive aspect of bhakti is, is, is operative. And so one who has attains this has transcended their parabdha karma. They're still in the world, so Krishna has arranged something to keep them there. Hmm? Some, some auspicious, sometimes it's called, type of karma, beautiful karma, some arrangement of his. To keep them in the world for sharing the teachings with others, and in the case of the Ragbhakta, certainly for pursuing further all that um, is required for him or her to uh, attain their ideal, which is some extra after innings uh, kind of um, overtime uh, work that's not required for entering into Vaikuntha. Hmm? Well worth it. Um, so uh, so we, we went there, right? We, we, we've gone there. Um, so the name has the power to, and having removed the Prabhu Karma, which is which is immediate but gradual. It depends how you, if you're looking close or you're looking at, at a distance. If you're looking close, it looks like it's gradual. If you're looking at a distance, it's it's they're on the path. It's 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 happened, so to speak. Uh, you you feel content. Um, and and of course, uh, immediate also. I didn't mention this lesson, but immediate also means that immediately some degree of the parabdha or the manifest karma is removed. And the Bhagavatam gives a nice example in the third canto, Devahuti, I think, is being instructed there by Kapila. He says, what does he say? He says, Sadyopi Savanaya Kalpate Yanama Deha So immediately, even if he is has the parabdha karma, the manifest karma of a dog eater, which would be in the Vedic society, somebody outside really even of the Hindu society, religious society and its social system. And, and, and you are what you eat, so it's not the uh, type of uh, diet that is, is, uh, corresponds with the, the sattvic nature of priestly activities like the Soma Yagya or this Yagya or that Yagya. So according to Varnashram, then you're going to have a class of people who have the qualification by way of the influence of the gunas upon them, in this case Sattva Guna, classified as Brahmins, who perform the religious rites, rituals for the society. Hmm? And so, excuse me, if you were born in a dog eater's family, you probably don't. You could. After all, Prahlad was born in a demonic family. So it, birth isn't everything, but it, it usually does speak to us about the past, um, right? The present speak to us about the, speaks to us speaks to us about, to us about the past. Maybe a mixed past, as in the case of Prahlad. So he's born in a demonic family, but he had bhakti sakriti from the previous life, and of course he had that was followed by nourishment from Nard, given the exceptional circumstances, and and Bhakta Prahlad Maharaj Kijai, Shingo Bhagwan Kijai. So, 
Um, that idea, or of course, that, that guna and karma or the qualities um, of a person and their um, activities is the determining factor in their varna, within the varnashram system, is, um, you could say it's overtly um, stated in the Gita, chatur-varna-maya-shrishtam guna-karma-mibhagasa. Krishna says, I created the four orders and, and so forth. But it's readily interpreted uh, not to be saying that by, 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 by others who, who say that your guna and karma is going to be determined by your birth. And so. But in the Bhagavatam, notably in the seventh canto of the Bhagavatam, where Prahlad is, uh, is, either, is he instructing or is he being instructed by Narada? I can't remember. On uh, Varnashram, there he is. I was wondering where you were. I thought you said you were going to the Hillsboro. Oh, no, I was coming here. Okay, well, good, good to have you. Um, where Prahlad is, I think Prahlad is maybe speaking, I, I can't recall. But anyway, it's uh, some nice chapters there. Seventh Canto, this particular one about Varnashram. And um, and uh, this is very explicit, the statement there, that uh, the status within the Varnashram. It's, it's, it's a very uh, kind of divey Varnashram. You can't get the wrong idea of Varnashram if you study uh, the Bhagavatam entirely, and that chapter in particular. So the, 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 anyway, side point, but the determining factor is one's qualities and character and so forth. So that said, um, the point of the Bhagavatam in Kapila's verse is that if you're born in a dog-eater's family and you've got a dog-eater's character and qualities, but you chant the name, hmm? then immediately your parabda karma is, is sufficiently uh, dealt with, not entirely, hmm? but the dog-eating whatever background to that which would disqualify you for priestly activities is removed. Hmm? And immediately becomes qualified to be, to perform the Vedic Vedic rituals. Of course, uh, commenting on this, uh, I think Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur some some time uh, later in the Sampradaya said, he may be asked why he doesn't, hmm? because he's not interested in in such things. By the grace of Nam, he got some some bandha, as we heard, and he's more interested in. In the fruits of the name in Vaishnavism, than simply brahminical sattvic duties, he wants the nirgun bhakti. Hmm? So, um, so at any rate, um, by the power of let's call it shradhanam with sambandhagyan, hmm, one can attain uh, bhava and be and have all of the parabdha karma removed, and then you have some kind of Krishna karma, if you will, something like this, some auspicious karma that looks like Parabdha karma. It might look the same even as your Parabdha karma, and Krishna arranges it and keeps the devotee in the world. So this is a very, this is a spiritual status, and that, but it's not one in which you have absolute standing in the spiritual realm, this doesn't yet apply. Hmm? There's a verse from the Gita, it's stated twice in the Gita, going there, 
one never returns. Going to Baba, it's possible one could return. How, what is the way? We don't. We want. We want to know about it. We don't want to go on it. The way is by by Vaishnava Parad, by serious Vaishnava Parad to a superior, superlative Vaishnava. It's possible that the Bhava can be taken away. Hmm. Um, so that's a very peculiar instance and very unlikely uh, exception, but the possibility is there. So there is a dis- this is a distinct stage called bhava bhakti. There's sadhana bhakti, it begets into course bhava bhakti, and bhava bhakti is the prem is made of bhava, so it's a churning of the bhava into prem, and then having attained prem to enter into the land of of no return. Hmm? Um, so what we learned about that was that there, there, not only is there the possibility for making aparad, um, um, but there's also the possibility that 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 anarthas or kind of a blockage to your progress uh, derived from offenses committed previously before attaining bhava. That have not been resolved hmm? will carry with you, uh, go along with you into bhava. So you want to avoid Vaishnava Aparad. You could attain bhava, and because of the lingering effects of Vaishnava Aparad, you have to, um, your ascension, if you will, to Prame will be um, uh, slowed down, hmm? impeded. It'll pass, but um, and, and the idea, of course, is as we mentioned, karma, which is the one force in the world. Um, this could be good and bad. I mean, pop and punya, sin, piety, and impiety. It's all from the broader perspective, sins of the flesh, right? But offenses are offenses against bhakti, which is spiritual and transcendental bhakti's. Or, ba- or Bhagwan, Bhakti and Bhagwan, they go together, right? This is a one and different equation. So offenses towards uh, Bhakti and Bhagwan, these are, that's another force in the world, as I said, the force of Bhakti, but this is a spiritual force. So now you're going, you're, you're making a sins of the soul rather than of the flesh. So they are more difficult to overcome. The, the, re- the reaction to those will be more uh, will cling more to us, and um, and in the earlier stages, it it will uh, the name will coil in relation to that, and not and a taste for the name will will be um, difficult for the sadaka to to derive. Therefore, it said, if one upon chanting does not weep and his hairs do not stand on end. Then there must be some background of events from lives previous and so on and so forth. Hmm. We should have confidence philosophically that such is possible hmm, and why it's not happening to us. We see many examples in the past hmm, and then they teach us why the name contracts. But he doesn't leave. Hmm. We'll have to get get to that. that. That's coming up. He's very, very very, very merciful form of Bhagavan in the form of his name. He doesn't leave us. If we're a little bit um, 
introspective and appropriately, not neurotically, but appropriately uh, remorseful. Hmm? This is this, the last part of Mahaprabhu's second verse of Shikshastam comes to mind. Right? Nananuraga. The name is very generous, but I have no no taste. Hmm. When he entered Bhav Bhakti, obviously going to have taste for the name, but still the reactions from offenses can carry into Bhav Bhakti because they're spiritual in nature. So you're in a spiritual what would you call it? It's a it's a, it's a spiritual waiting room. You haven't got into the not quite limbo or something. No, not even. but um, um, you know we, we've gone there. Now what Rupa Goswami is doing in, in in this next verse, verse five, is he's started to speak about the real power of the name. And it, it'll come as, as as we go forward. The power to overcome offenses to Bhagawan, hmm? to God, hmm? and offenses to the name itself. Hmm? Different. Hmm? And um, so it's still dealing with the, with spiritual. These are spiritual problems, and more than that, of course. To transport us into the um, kind of uh, an intimate relationship with the name, which is uh, which uh, for, for which there is varied opportunity. So he invokes different names of Krishna, hmm? right? Um, he happens to the names that he invokes uh, do happen to correspond with. The different uh, babas of of Braj, largely. Um, he says, "What does he say?" He says, uh, "Killer of Agasura." This is quite uh, a famous name from the early uh, cowherding leelas of Krishna. Very. This name is invoked over and over again by the Goswamis. Uh, it tells us something about how important that section of the Bhagavatam is, at least from the point of view of Tattva, because in that section, the liberation of Agasura is an extraordinary um, expression of Krishna's uh, mercy, and it's it's the beginning of Brahma's formal, kind of how he teaches Brahma, that he, Krishna, is the source of Narayan, which Brahma doesn't quite understand yet. He saw Krishna at the dawn of creation, Vasudev Krishna, although he was wearing the dress of a gopa, he was, his hand was in a gyan mudra and he was teaching. And he gave, imparted the verses to him and so forth, of the four initial verses of the Bhagavatam. But prior to that, he, it's, he, you know, he's born from Narayan. So it would appear that Narayan showed himself in the form of, of Krishna. Um, and then he goes to his planet, and there he, he worships the Mahapurusha, hmm, Vishnu there, and so forth. So in the Brahma Mohan Lila, of course, he's being brought into Braj by this beginning with the killing of Agasura. That's what brings him there. And it's, so there's many, many things going on at the same time. You know, one of the things is the omniscience within Krishna, Gopala Krishna, is hearing the prayers of Brahma, who's pursuing um, his 
ideal without a clear understanding. He wanted to be the friend of Krishna, but uh, it's kind of hard to be the friend of Mahapurusha there in uh, in, in Brahmaloka. So he, he needs to move from that, that Vaidhi Bhakti realm to Rag Bhakti. And so Krishna can hear the prayers. So he needs, oh, he needs some. Krishna's his guru, so what can he do? He has to instruct him. And his instruction is very different in the Braj. It's kind of hands on and through hand signals and so forth rather than directly uh, speaking, right? So he, while he's in the midst of playing with his friends and so forth, dealing with the Agasura in relation to them, it, this is all on the on the surface internally. His omniscience is there. He can, he and by that he's bringing Brahma onto the scene to give him acquaintance with the Vishayalambana um, uh, himself. Krishna is the object of love with whom his desire to have um, fraternal love can in relation to whom can be realized and in touch with the Ashraya Lumban of Ibav, the devotees, the cowherds, who all embody that. So he brings them the direct acquaintance with these uh, important, essential Vibhavas that are causal in a sense, hmm? by hearing about Krishna and hearing about the devotees of Krishna in certain sentiment, then this will foster that within us. And all that goes with their, and the entirety of the scene there of, of, uh, of Sakirasa. So it's anyway, it's an important chapter and, and Bhava aside, of course, from a tattva point of view, the, the, um, the idea that Krishna is the source of Narayan, which is stated in the Bhagavatam very uh, briefly, is, is, is really brought out in a, in a narrative of these several several chapters, what twelve, thirteen, and fourteen uh, of the of the tenth canto. Hmm. Um, it's a pity I wrote something quite nice about that, and um, very briefly, it would be uh, delightful to read it, but. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't think technically savvy enough to be able to pull that off here. Or maybe, maybe it's possible. No. Something. Something wrong. If you want to go, bring my computer. Uh, read it. So just short, just very briefly. Um, so anyway, Rupa Goswami invokes this name, hmm? Agasura, and, he, and then he immediately invokes Shodanandan, Nandanandan, and of course these these kind of go together with the Agasura Lila, given the tension between the uh, Matsalyaras and Madhurya and, and, and Sakyaras, as Krishna is becoming, in this case, a calf herder. And uh, it's very beautiful the way that works, because the tension with which it starts between Vatsalya Rasa, if you will, and uh, and and Sakya Rasa is um, is not lost on the cowherd boys, if you will. Um, 
In other words, that they want to go out and 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 simply play with Krishna and be unchained, right, from this uh, uh, parental love. But they love their parents too, and they love Nanda, and they love Yasoda, and they can they can feel their pain to some extent, right. So one of the beautiful things about this Leela is that it comes full circle and there's a special blessing that takes place for the mothers, right? For the fathers, for the cows who are the mothers of the, of the calves. And Krishna actually becomes their son, becomes their calf. And, and, and he, so they, they end up in the context of allowing him to become a calf herder, so to speak, um, which is very difficult for them. Uh, and there's this separation. He allows them, affords them an experience of Bhatsalyaras that otherwise uh, they, they didn't have, which kind of the full measure of Bhatsalyaras by way of becoming their their sons. Hmm. And so, um, I don't know where we're to start here. So, um, anyway, so, as for himself, Krishna remains silent throughout Brahma's recitation. This is the end, right? And the power of his veiled by the power of his veiled omniscience, Krishna accepted all of Brahma's prayers and blessed him. But steeped in the bob of a very young village cowherd, he found this highly uncommon scene, a reddish golden being with four crowned heads weeping and composing prayers to God in the middle of the forest somewhat bewildering. So there's this omniscience and then there's this, this presence in Sakyabhav on the surface. Then Brahma circumambulated the deity and departed. Following Brahma's departure, Krishna retrieved the nearby calves and returned to the circle of his friends. These are his actual friends now, not just the manifestations of his friends that are himself. Hmm. We have to talk about that a little bit more too. But following, okay, so anyway, so following Brahma's departure, Krishna retrieved the nearby calves and returned to the circle of his friends. Together they collected themselves and marched homeward, recalling the events of the day and their encounter with Agasura in particular. A verse from Bhagavatam. Summoning the calves, Krishna entered the cow compound, accompanied by the rambunctious festive clamor of horns and bamboo flutes. His lips, his limbs, excuse me, were painted with minerals from the forest and decorated with flowers and peacock feathers. His glories that purify those who hear them were celebrated in songs spontaneously composed by his sakas, his figure, a feast for the eyes of the elderly gopis. These are the mothers who returning. That is, the cowards composed and chanted songs about Krishna's exploits in Lila Kirtan as they entered the village. Calves in front, prancing, the cowherds themselves dancing all the way, causing the earth to tremble in the heavens above to open in amazement. Arms raised, buffalo horns bugling, some also fluting, they surrounded Nanda's son, who along with them emerged from a cloud of dust, cow dust, cloud of cow dust at the junction of the jungle in the village of Braj. As the sun set, out of deference to the brilliance of his sham sapphire-like effulgence, words cannot describe the scene and fail miserably to do justice to the feelings it stirs in the hearts of Sakirati Upasakas. Then, this then is one sweet song that they sang. Today, Nanda 
and just showed us sun, slayed a snake, and saved us from cessation. The serpent's lips were like banks of clouds, its teeth like mountain peaks. Its heated breath bellowed like the wind from the raging forest flame, from raging forest flames, while its split tongue invited us to explore its secret pathways. Some of us in jest compared the serpent to a cave, laughing as we marched into his mountain trap. Others saw a snake alone, imagining its mood, but all of us passed into his gaping jaws and fainted once within, while other beings fainted outside as Krishna entered too. Then, glancing with affection, he brought us back to life and glorified the forest as we picnicked in delight. <laughs> Here, for the pleasure of his parents, the cowards sang joyfully of Krishna in relation to them, the Ananda of Vishoda and Nanda, their princely coward son, who now returned as promised, victorious and protected by his royal assembly of sakas, sporting dazzling dress and decorated with forest ornaments, boundless in their enthusiasm. Then, upon returning home, Krishna solaced Balaram for having missed such a sport of adventure, while the elders were amused but not surprised by the exaggerated tales of the, cow the cowards told. After all, boys will be boys. So it was just a, a, a little something. The first two names that uh, he's mentioned are Agasura, killing Agadamana, and Nandanandan, Yashodanandan. Hmm. So there is some tension between them, but they all work together, right? Hmm. The different rasas, that is to say. And of course, then he mentions Madhuri Rasa by way of describing the gopis. Um, and um, and the name Krishna, of course, uh, applies as well to all the different rasas, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhurya. Um, but also, what what he is is doing here is in, is saying that his mastikam is about Harinam, and Harinam here refers to the, what we we say what we call primary names of God. Primary name, primary excuse me, primary names of God are the names of God in which um, which describe him in relation to his Swarup Shakti, to his devotees, that means, like the son of Yashoda, the bliss of Nanda, right? Um, and transport us into, as they just did here, these uh, Leelas, the Leelas contained in the name. Now there are secondary names of God like Paramatma, Brahman and so forth that we don't there's nah, we're not interested. She's shaking her head. Now, that doesn't do much uh, for us. That's uh, uh, with regard to the world largely Paramatma uh, or to an undifferentiated, indeterminate absolute where there's no motion, no no movement, uh, comparatively really no no ananda. Um, and so these are the kind of names that he's talking about that have the kind of power hmm, that uh, he has been uh, des des describing, and and as such they have the power to deal with spiritual problems. Again, offenses, different types of offenses, offense to Bhagawan, offense to the, even the name. What do you do? You, the name may may 
a resolve offense to the to the form, but who's going to resolve offense to the name? So the name does that as well. And this will, will come up as we go forward. Uh, but more than that, of course, uh, and this is really what the Ostakam is about, I believe at the very onset of the Ostakam in his commentary, Baldi Bidjabusan makes a statement that the, that the, to the effect that the, the author here is not interested in the um, attainment or the the ideal of the yogis, which might also be derived from, from the name, but rather with bhakti itself. So um, these names indicate that he's cited here, indicate this, what, what he's about. He wants to enter into and, and he, he wants to let us know that the dispensation of the name which he himself is experiencing as a follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the principal follower, we could, we could say, um, uh, uh, these names, the dispensation such, take us to, to Braj, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are very, very powerful names, and, and, and these names being names of God in relation to his devotees and different sentiments uh, brings up the subject of uh, the the bliss of of Bhagwan of Krishna, his own inherent Swarupananda. He has Ananda of his own Swarup, which is his which is a function really of his Swarup Shakti within him. Unlike us, Krishna has the Swarup Shakti is inherent in him. Hmm? One slight difference between Krishna and ourselves, and so his 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 swarup, his form, is blissful. But when this uh, swarup shakti extends itself outside of his form and reposes itself, for example, in in a in a tastajiva, hmm? or it. Um, stands unto itself as one of his parshadas, like when it, be, when it expands as, as Radha, the Mahababa, Swarupani, and other associates who are constituted in one thing to be blessed and fused by the Sarup Shakti, another thing to be constituted of the Sarup Shakti. Those constituted of the Sarup Shakti are the ideals uh, that we follow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, this extending of the Swarup Shakti outside of his form creates what's called Swarup Shakti Ananda. So there's the Swarup Ananda, the Ananda of his own form, and then there's the Ananda of his Shakti, Swarup Shakti Ananda. Somewhere, I believe Jiva Goswami has given an example that if you have a, if, if you exhale, it's one thing. If you exhale into a flute, it's another thing. Where's your flute? Right? It's it's the same breath, but now, given the the instrument, hmm, uh, it's a different, entirely different effect. So when the sarup shakti expresses itself outward and takes a shape, hmm, then there's rasa, it's tasting, and the Ananda of the Sarup Shakti, the Sarup Shakti Ananda, exceeds the Ananda of Krishna's own Sarup. That's why it's said that this Sarup Shakti or Bhakti has the power to overwhelm Krishna. 
And Bhagavan, overwhelmed by Sarup Shakti, in the full sense of the term, is really what Krishna is, right? which makes him the, the, the friend of the cowards, which makes him the son of Nanda and Yashoda, makes him a son, makes him a friend, right? Um, makes him a lover. This is the power of bhakti. So um, this Sarup Shakti and Nanda, we, this is what we, 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 we want the ingress of this. We want to become a vessel of such um, love. Then we can have interaction with Krishna and actually o- overwhelm him. Hmm? This is very incredible. So uh, in relative to our present predicament, if you will, karmic predicament, hmm? attachments and so on and so forth. This is a very extremely powerful um, uh, um, means uh, through Nam to uh, invoke, to bring about a solution because if the name is fully, as Mahaprabhu says, Nam Nama Kari Bahudani Desarva Shakti. It's replete with all of his, his Shakti. means that all this power of the Sarup Shakti that has the power to overwhelm Bhagawan. Hmm? Then it, it, it's the it, its ability to to remove the influence of the Maya Shakti, karma, anarthas, and even offenses, is is um, uh, should be should be obvious. I mean, if it has that, the power is that's like nothing. Hmm? I mean, it's Bhagwan you know, to make him a plaything in your hand. I mean, this is like this is this is central to of course to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. You have to think about it a little bit so that your head starts to spin. Like wow, and and that through Nam taking advantage of it. This is what power lies in this. So I have got a solution to the problems and much, much more at hand on my fingertips, on the tip of my tongue. And these these ideas are very much worth contemplating as you sit to do your japa and think, my time is could not be better spent than paying attention here, see what I have at my disposal that's come to me mercifully. The merciful nature of these names are also is also evident in this verse in that, there, that in this whole osticum, there's this kind of uh, implicit hmm, comparison between bhakti and the anga of nam kirtan, and the discipline and pursuit of the jnanis and the yogis. Uh, so the pursuit, for example, of the jnanis of of indeterminate, non-differentiated brahman. Um, is that attainment is so uh, unfriendly? I want to say it's unfriendly and it's it's abnormal. It's so it's so different from our present experience. Our present experience is that that we are individual agents of action. Um, we are we have the capacity to to know and to uh, have um, qualitative experiences hmm? and 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 so to love hmm? what the Gaudiya teaching says is that the nature of the Atma in material predicament 
hmm, is expressing itself such that if we look carefully, we can understand something about it if it could be freed from that. It's Tatasta Shakti, so it can, can function in either realm. It can function either in the material realm, under the Maya Shakti, or in the spiritual world, under the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? So how it is functioning in the material world, under the influence of the Maya Shakti, is it develops a personality, uh, likes and dislikes, uh, so on and so forth. It pursues love, and, and so on, and it's all problematic. If we were to remove that influence and have the influence of the Sarup Shakti, hmm, then the idea is all these things will come hmm, as well, which makes our present experience not entirely like different hmm, in one sense from um, what we're what we're actually like. Whereas if if the if enlightenment constitutes entering Brahman, it's so different from what we're like. There's no love, there's no movement, there's no agent of action, there's no really even qualitative experience. It's just being. Hmm? Just being. It's so like unlike what we're like that you could make a good argument. It's, it may sound, you know, like I should pursue it, but I'm not interested. I would rather have loved and, you know, partially... <laughs> Then not at all, something like that. So bhakti comes to the to the rescue, so to speak. No, your pursuit of love, your humanness is speaking in this human human not life is like you're coming out of of the material nature. The self is coming out in terms of its potential, and bhakti comes to answer. Yes, yes, what you feel, hmm, it can happen. That's it, it, what is what life is about. Hmm? You are experiencing something about what you have the potential for. Hmm? Of course, it's not going to happen within the material world, but just to say, no, 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 this this Brahman idea is rather negative, if you will, and so, you understand, so different from from our human experience that, um, and, and the way to get to it, that's the way to get to it. You have to become, like, weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie on a bed of nails or something, or you know, uh, the, perform great tapasya, twist yourself up, you know, like a pretzel and and, and so forth. Um, and in, in bhakti, then all of your humanness is can be, so to speak, uh, in, in employed, and and it's a, it's 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 what the men and women are made in the image of. Of, of Radha and Krishna, how's that? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so, and, and it's to, and it's to human society that Krishna comes, right, and manifests his his leela. And in hu- the human form in in Goloka, where all the rasas are fully expressed, those if the, there's some vatsalya ras in, in in cows, but it's 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 not fully expressed. It's somewhat muted. In, in the human form, it's it's fully uh, developed and expanded. So that opportunity is there for the jivas. That's what he's saying, hmm? invoking these names. These possibilities are there. This is very merciful. This is very easy. Hmm? I thought I was like that. Hmm? I thought I had that potential. I thought I was on the right track, so to speak. Uh, um, so we just need to change the environment from the maya shakti to the sarup shakti. So there's a spiritual life 
not just a, just a death of material life and uh, and you can be pulsating peacefully forever it's you know brahman entering into brahman which is so many people are some i mean many mystics are laboring so hard for is more or less compared to being uh what would you call it? what is that term anesthetized or something well, mm-hmm. yeah anesthesia you get you know, just it's pretty restful you wake up and okay but you don't wake up hmm. so it's you know and it, it it is pursued largely to end suffering that's the driving motive to end suffering here through the culture of Nam, under the guidance of Rupa Goswami, is the pursuit of love, hmm? in which there will be suffering also, but mm-hmm. of separation, but it will make the heart grow fonder, something like that. So um, these are some of the things that he wants to say by by this verse. So we'll go on tomorrow and and hear about how the name, uh, given its power, can deal with. Uh, Offenses. Yes. I have a question, and I thought I would just read two sentences here from commentary on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu 1122. According to Baladev Vijabhushan, Prabhupada Karma, although weakened by the power of Bhakti, stays with the devotee. It is preserved According to who? Baladev Vijabhushan. Uh-huh. It is preserved by the Lord so that the devotee may continue to preach Bhakti in this world, and it is compared to a piece of singed silk. That is, just as a burnt cloth can't perform its function but remains visible to a degree, the body of a devotee can't affect him by suffering or enjoyment anymore, but simply remains in the sight of the world. There must be a footnote of Banu Swami or the translator. Uh, perhaps. This is from the edition from Narayan Maharaj. My question is... Or Bhakti Rasimrita Sindhu Bindu. Yeah, so Narayan Marsh is, he's commenting. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So um, it seems that you're saying that the Prabhupada is completely diminished at the Baba, Baba Bhakti stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, perhaps in his characteristically liberal way, says that um, the Prabhupada is completely destroyed by chanting the holy name one time offenselessly. So is that one time offenselessly achieving the Baba Bhakti stage? Are they synonymous? Or? No. <laughs> uh, he says different things at different places, and there's the charges have talked differently about this. It's kind of a complicated uh, subject. Um, Baladev is quite different about it than uh, than Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and Sanjeev Goswami and Sanatan also. Um, but um, I think that Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is concerned that no one make the offense of thinking that the virtues or the glories, the the the, the, the power of the name is is an exaggeration. So he makes uh, statements to that effect uh, that once chanting the name offenselessly, all the karmas re- re- removed, you know, completely everything that's happening to you is happening by Krishna's arrangement and so forth. In other, but he doesn't say that in Madhurya Kadambini. Hmm. Um, I don't believe. Uh, no. Right. He says in Madhurya Kadambini that so. the complete removal is, is when you when you actually have Krishna's lotus feet. 
I mean, yeah. it, state, it states it's actually beyond praying. And absolute, he has another term. Uh, the, the terms are almost complete. Praiki. Yeah. Aparodatha, Anartha, mm-hmm. is uh, removed uh, almost completely at Baba, completely at praying, and absolutely when you attain Krishna's feet. That's Anarthas, though. But there are Anarthas that arise from from karma. Nuskritartha, Sukritartha. Those are removed at a sakti complete. So... That means they're not there in Bhav. That means there's no Prabhda in Bhav in his, but be prior to that, there is. Um, so I think that when he when he says immediate, you could say one name, it's happened. It, so it just, it's be a matter of time, but different perspectives. If you're looking close, it's going slow. If you're looking back from a distance, it's it's already already happened. Something like that. Or even doesn't show them at all, but eventually transport the inoffensive chanter to the Lord's boat. Yeah. Yes. So I'm still, I'm kind of struggling with this idea of having um, the effects of Aparad manifest, could be still manifest in Baba Bhakti, when that's like such a powerful emotive state of consciousness where you're you know, feeling the name, the name isn't receding like it would from the offenses in earlier stages, and it just, it doesn't make sense to me. I know I mean, maybe it doesn't need to. Yeah, it doesn't need to. <laughs> uh, you know, you just look at it, it takes time to resolve itself. How in, how is it playing out and not, not re- re- being resolved? I mean, I think I've spoken about it just in terms of time. You might have proceeded more, more at, at, a, at a rapid or pace, more at a rapid pace, if that wasn't in the way or something, something to that effect. So but we're we're also. How would you know then, if you were in Baba Bhakti and you were, how'd you, your pro, I mean, how would you even know that there was an offense? You might not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I also think that. There's a number of statements about bhava bhakti, such as this one, that offenses could carry, and anarthas resulting from offenses could could carry into bhava bhakti, or that there could be uh, an apparent inappropriate behavior in bhakti, like we see in Bharat Maharaj or in, in Bilba Mangal Thakur. We talked about this the other night. Or that you can make an offense when you're in bhava bhakti and fall from bhava bhakti. These three statements are all like very far, kind of far-fetched uh, possibilities. Let's take, for example, that you could, um, uh, you know, that you could make an offense within Baba Bhakti. It's, it's, it means it's possible, hmm? but the very attainment of Baba Bhakti. It said in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, to attain bhava of Vaidhi Bhakti is very rare. You will all attain that and more, but I mean, it, it's there's more explanation that goes with that, but it's, okay, it's very rare. And then Mukunda Goswami, one of the commentators on Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu says, and to attain the lobha, eagerness for Vaidhi Bhakti is more, or for Rag Bhakti is more rare than attaining bhava of Vaidhi Bhakti. So you're getting pretty rare here. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to attain 
that bob. Hmm? It's already so rare. <laughs> and then, then there's even rarer still that somebody would make an offense there. It's, it's almost like the example that's given is, I think, uh, Duvida. Um, and it's all part of a Leela. You know, he actually comes from, I think he came from Ram Leela and, and so forth. It's just like, it's not like some average practitioner or something like that. So it's uh, any of these things to, to for an offense to carry in into Bhava Bhakti, to make an offense within Bhava Bhakti, to do something out of character in, in Bhava Bhakti. They're very rare. In fact, the things out of character, as we suggested, are, are the examples are, uh, at least Bharat was a good example that we, we cited. It's caused by the by Krishna himself. So I think that's how you have to look at it. It's it's, it's like if there's a possibility, we'll, we'll bring it up. But has it ever happened? Um, I mean, there is the, there is the, from the oral tradition, there is the example of Rupa, Rupa Kaviraj. It's said that he offended a Vaishnavi who he was giving a Bhagavad discourse and she was sitting there and, and chanting. And he said, you know, you shouldn't be chanting while I'm giving the discourse. And she said, well, I, I, I can't stop. My tongue just keeps moving like this. He dismissed her or something like that. And so, and this is the oral tradition. This comes like this. So he made offense. And then offense started to show up in, in Brahma, the Anartha of Brahma Tattva, to use Bhakti Vinod Thakur's terms. Confusion about Tattva. Hmm. And so he wrote these very sophisticated um, commentaries and arguments for the um, idea of in the Sadaka Deha serving as 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 if you were in the, your citadeha hmm. rather than serving like the Goswamis did in their sadhaka dehas and only serving in the citadeha within your citadeha so you know he put on a sari or something like that is, 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 is the idea it, it sounds funny but a very it's a very sophisticated the, uh, theological arguments actually um, but that is was determined to be a deviation, and that's how it, uh, you know, showed up. I mean, uh, whether he lost his bhava, I mean, according to Rupa Goswami, that's uh, that could possibly be the case. So it could have been diminished. It could have turned into into an abbas. Depends upon how bad the offense is. But again, this is uh, you know, this oral tradition. It's uh, these are all these. Things I mentioned about possibilities in Bhava, they should basically be looked at as, as possibilities, which is to say, you're not safe. Even in Bhava Bhakti, you know, you still have to pay. You know, you have to go from there. Something like that. Okay, see, so you go around and I was just going to say, could it be possible that the the re- one reason that this is being said about the Baba Bhakta it really has nothing to do with the Baba Bhakta, but it's just to showcase how troublesome making Vaishnava Aparad would be for everyone else. I think that's the main emphasis. I do think there is a possibility, but you know, it's 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 like remote, but moreover it's a it's an emphasis for the sake of those who aren't in Baba to avoid offense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, she should go around a mod of a key
Rupa Goswami Prabhupada Nijaya. Yeah. Yeah.